Right, it appears the cricketers have gone to lunch. Um, three, 25 for five. Jeez, uh, Blundell's doing all he could do with his hooks trying to get out just before lunch. A big swinging hook, um, which didn't find an edge. Uh, 325 for five. So at the moment, we have Kane Williamson in unbeaten on 63, Blundell unbeaten on 19, and also unbeaten at the Basin Reserve is Daniel McCarty, who joins us now. Daniel, welcome in. Staffy, good, happy. What well, is afternoon, isn't it? You it generally is. have lunch in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm onto it. I'm sharp. I'm sharp. Razor sharp. Ready to, ready to go with you. <laughs> Pretty good session for New Zealand. I know probably maybe one more wicket than they wanted to lose, but they've maintained a good run rate, largely due thanks to Daryl Mitchell and now Tom Blundell as well. Kane looks like he's got the anchor down and he wants to bat a long, long time. Yeah, I, I'd agree with virtually all of that. Uh, I'd say it's probably a little bit better the session um, in the sense, Staffy, 13 of the test wickets uh, prior to today had fallen in the first session. and Most of them had fallen in the first hour, hour and a half. England started the day with a, a new ball. Uh, we all know the Basin Reserve always provides great opportunity for new ball bowlers, so I was most concerned about this session, so I probably would have bitten your hand off uh, to have only two down at lunch. A lead of 100 runs, because they have scored at a very good right. You are bang on about that. I thought Daryl Mitchell was really assertive and making virtually a runner ball 54. Frustrating years and gone on, and that's probably the only issue when I said that the New Zealand batters have been dismissed. Laystham, 83. Conway, 61. Nichols, 29. He was the other man out, nicking off to third slip and uh, taken by Brook. Uh, as he sort of continues to battle um, in the Test Arena and then Mitchell 54. There's a lot of starts there. No one's really gone on and, and scored that big one, unlike Root and Brook in the first inning. But the thing I would have bitten your hand off the most is Kane Williamson's there at lunch. He still is, he's just batting. Kane's, you know, just in that little Kane dream world where he uh, just plays at his own pace. You know, the time moves so slowly for Kane Williamson when, when others might be hurried and feeling the pressure because there is a lot of pressure on this New Zealand side. He's just gone about, played uh, his natural game, gone past Ross Taylor, now New Zealand's all-time leading test run scorer, gone past 50 again. And he, and uh, you are so right, he looks like uh, he wants to bat a very long time. So this match is really interestingly poised now. Virtually... 100 for 5. I think the lead is exactly 99. Yep, 99, 99 for 5, New Zealand, is the way you can look at it. And we might have a shootout here on day 5. Just just before we leave, Kane Williamson, um, he's been not in great form, hasn't got, he's had a run of not very good scores. But what do you think, watching him there, and I don't get to watch every ball like you do, is he looking to dispatch a loose ball or let a loose ball go and just stay? Where, where do you think he's at? Well, the great players make adjustments, don't they? Even mid-game. And Kane Williamson, uh, you know, unusual sight early in his first innings. He got he got a couple of good nuts under the lights at, at Bay Oval. So I sort of, you know, expunged those from the memory bank of, of is he out of form. But he played a loose stroke in the first innings, trying to force off the back foot, which, you know, has been his meat and drink in a lot of ways over the years. But generally sort of eases into that once he's got underway. And he was caught for just four from memory in that first inning. So he's just been um, more judicious outside of off stump. He's, he's left a lot alone. He's made the bowlers come to him. He's made an adjustment. And now he's sort of just starting to free up. And there was one glorious uh, back foot punch, similar to the shot that got him out in the first innings off Robinson when he was set. And it was pitcher book, Kane Williamson, 
and that really was the, the shot of the uh, the session uh, for mine from the former New Zealand captain, and that was uh, wonderful to see. Uh, Mitchell looked in a mood. Mitchell, we know, likes to scrap, likes to fight. Mm. It was a bit of a funny moment in the first innings when he was bowling to Brook. So the words go that come back from the ground and towards the media hall that Mitchell might have said to him, come on, superstar, hit me over my head. <laughs> Harry Brook obliged about two balls later, hit him for six, and then I think two balls after that hit him for another six. So the superstar lived up to his billing. I think uh, Tim Southey then uttered to Daryl Mitchell, just bowl, please. Be quiet. <laughs> and I think Daryl Mitchell, Daryl Mitchell's response was, I'm trying to get into the contest. Because that's Mitchell. Mitchell loves the scrap and he wants to, to make an impact. And I really like the way he came out after uh, Nichols was dismissed. Uh, he was assertive, um, hitting the loose ones, but also, you know, taking on the English field, sort of, uh, you know, taking a leaf out of the English book. And, and, you know, New Zealand do need to score runs. It's not just about you know, batting for survival because the ball, the other one that still nips around, more spin than seam today is I've sort of uh, projected as this test match has gone on. Leach has had a couple of balls that have really spun sharply and Kane Williamson nearly was undone with the beauty that saw him uh, come out of his crease, only get sort of a spike down in the end, the nearest of something's avoided. So Mitchell had to play uh, his strokes. Blundell's taking a leap out of his own book. He he, he's looked to, to play pretty positively down the ground. Yeah, the hook stroke last ball of the session had a few oohs and ahs around the base and reserve. But Mitchell, Blundell, Bracewell, they are players who like to score quickly. And I, I think Luke Ronke, the, the batting coach, would have just told them exactly that. You know, be a free of mind. I think New Zealand had been a little bit sort of in their own heads in uh, Bay Oval and especially in the first innings here. So uh, Williamson's the key, right? Mm. There's, there's no shock in me saying that. that that's what everyone... In the, anyone who has eyes and ears and any understanding of the game of cricket knew Kane Williamson was lo, lo, casting a rather large shadow over this game. He's got good, good credentials for playing spin bowlers. Tom Blundell, the local man, you're a local man down there. He's made 100 at the Basin as well. What's, what's his batting arsenal like against a pitch that looks like it's going to take um, perhaps even more spin? He's a very good player of spin. Daryl Mitchell, probably, if you look at the numbers, if you're just looking at raw numbers, and I know they don't tell the true story, Kane Williamson against spin over the last uh, 10 years averages 75, Staffy. Wow. 75 against spin. Daryl Mitchell averages around 60. Tom Blundell's over 52. So he's a generally a pretty good bowler of spin, but a lot of those runs would have been scored on New Zealand wickets against spinners where there's not a lot of turn. The, the odd one's really going and spinning from straight. And what I mean by that, for those who don't know the game, well, the ball's pitching on the stumps and then spinning from the stumps. Often you'll see the pitch, um, uh, the ball rather spin from wide out because of the bowler's footmarks have created some uneven surface. The bowlers can't run down the middle of the pitch, even though many would try, sometimes try and would like to. Um, generally, the, the safe zone seems to be between stump and stump, but here it is spinning. I had a little chuckle with Jeter Patel uh, ahead of yesterday going, what's going on with the base and reserve sheets? It's spinning from straight on day number one. He said, <laughs> it never spun in my whole career here. <laughs> so uh, I think only two instances where it's actually spun more in the last 10 years or so, including like 2013. So it is unusual. But that should give New Zealand some hope. You know, Michael Brace was a very young spinner, learning his craft. But one thing he does have for a finger spinner, enormous hands and an ability to spin the ball too. So... I still think a score of 250 is minimum for New Zealand to have a chance. Uh, They would have that by the end of today. 
even if they play reasonably conservatively. They've gone from 202 through to 325. Longest session, of course, this one, uh, making up for the lost play. And 250 in a day is two sessions of work for England. Yes. They, they'll go hard. And, uh, you know, we've got a really good crowd in. Uh, it looks like we might be heading to day number five. But I still think England are, are ahead of this game, but New Zealand certainly have closed that gap. So to whet our appetite to get the crowds hoarding into the basin tomorrow, um, we need to bat all day and hopefully have one or two, you know, two or three wickets in hand, if I'm being really, really optimistic. Because we were talking at work this morning about what's the target you set England to chase if you're going to declare. You're going to have to set them about eight runs and over because they can get everything. Well, remember, field's out, so there is no fielding restriction in Test cricket, so you could go ultra-conservative, and but that would be a defeatist attitude now, wouldn't you? So I, I think if, Steph, you put it this way, you, you're thinking there is, you're, you're thinking New Zealand making a declaration. That's a really good position to be in. Yeah. Because you, in a lot of ways, you know, losing, losing the Test um, might not happen if you just decided to bat on. I'm still worried about New Zealand being bowled out in mm. the next sort of session or two. I don't think we're really going to be in a position for New Zealand to contemplate the declaration until until they've got a lead of 200 and how many wickets they have in hand. Uh, you know, in a dream world, and it you know, wouldn't be another shock here. We've seen some remarkable partnerships, especially for the sixth wicket here at this ground. McCullum and Watling, Watling and Williamson, both world records, you know, world record falling in 2014 and 2015. Now, if New Zealand get through to T, uh, the next session, without the loss of a wicket, as they did yesterday, uh, I'm sure Stead and Captain will start thinking about that, but I'm not going to start thinking about it probably to the you know the last half an hour to, to see where this game is at. You know, England have, have toiled away. Uh, there's still a lot of, lot of quality uh, in that attack, but it is... They, ha- they haven't looked as likely... They haven't beaten the bat nearly as much as yesterday. And I know a lot of people are talking here at the ground about should they have enforced the follow-on. Well, I just felt yesterday was the best bowling day. Mm. I, I think it's probably going to get flatter. Yeah, it might turn a little bit more on day number five. But Michael Brace was an inexperienced spinner. I, I don't think England will be losing any sleep over that. I, I still think England made the right decision based on how often they beat the bat yesterday and the slice of luck here or there. Uh, New Zealand could have easily been five or six down heading into today. And let's just hope for another bright, sparkling 70 from Tim Southey, um, as unlikely as Gee, that may he gave, be. <laughs> he gave it a lick. Didn't My he? My Lord. <laughs> Six sixes. How's this for a stat? That's the highest number of sixes in a test innings at the Basin Reserve. He's, he's equaled the record. <laughs> and my, we've seen some incredible <laughs> batting at this ground over the years, but he was hitting them so cleanly. And I know... You know, some of the English, my English colleagues here were describing it as Baz ball, but as Jacob Borum quite beautifully pointed out to me, it's like Tim Southey trademarked Baz ball when it came to batting years ago. Yes, he did. On, on his test day, foo. He, he likes it. He likes it full. He likes good bounce and good pace, and he can give it a real clout. But I'm, I'm not sure if we can count on Tim Southey getting 73 runs again. No. Uh, I, I, when I look at the scoreboard, I, I do find this funny, and it's utterly irrelevant to the game, but this is how my stupid mind works. Um, I had a great chuckle when they put up the, the, the team list, one through 11 on the main scoreboard. 
whoever the school board attendant is, do not go near Tim Southey <laughs> because they listed him at number 11. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So when you actually go down the main scoreboard, they've got one through eight correct, then Henry, Wagner and Southey. Well, Southey batted ahead of, ahead of Henry and Wagner. Uh, so whoever's the scoreboard attendant, when you leave, don't walk to the southern, the northern end of the Basin Reserve. Don't leave via the Dempster Gate. Just go straight out the Reed Gate. Um, nowhere near the, the players' pavilion at the other end of the ground. But isn't this fantastic? We're into lunch on day number four, and uh, I'm not... I'm not drawing the longest bow in the world. While I've said to you, I think England's still in front. All four options. Yeah, count them all, Staffy. Four options. Everyone thinks three. There's always a fourth option, the beautiful tie. All four options are on the cards. And uh, let's hope Kane Williamson can go. And, and hey, he hasn't had a great 2023. Let's remember, Kane Williamson got a double hundred just after Christmas mm. against Pakistan. He's not hopelessly out of form. No, not hopelessly. Brilliant, Daniel. Uh, thank you once again for joining us in a very well-deserved break to have a chat to us. Really appreciate it. I'll catch you tomorrow then, Steffi, eh? Let's We're going do- to day five. Let's do it. Let's, let's make that appointment now, and then it'll happen. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Daniel McCarty tomorrow at 105 as well. Thank you, buddy. See you, mate. Wouldn't that be tremendous if we could say, yeah, we're going to go to Daniel at 105, uh, New Zealand uh, 484 for eight. Wouldn't that be amazing to be saying at this time tomorrow? <sighs> Dreams are free? Maybe. Anyway, phone lines are always open. Um, phone lines are always open. 0800 uh, Someone's asked what's the website for that tipping comp. It is tipping. Tipping.senzradio.nz. Tipping.senzradio.nz. Just go in there and register. It's free. And there's $2,500 of a New Zealand sports experience package for you. That is the SENZ Super Rugby Tipping Comp. One more time. Tipping.senzradio.nz. Couldn't be simpler. Join in after the break. Uh, happy to take your calls on the cricket or the Super Rugby, what you witnessed over the weekend. 0800 150 811. Back with you after a break.